Welcome back to the FFP. It's time to get into part two of our week four start sit videos. Of course, the first part we covered our the Thursday game and the noon game. So now we're covering really what we would consider these second half games. Just gave ourselves an extra day or so to research, especially for like for like the Monday game. We really appreciate having that extra time as things you know happen a little slower for that game as they have some extra time. So we're just going to get right into it. There's no sense in wasting time. We'd always say to leave a comment if you have a start sit. Or trade or waiver question, anything like that. We'll talk some football down below. And if I remember, hopefully I'll put some timestamps in the description. I know I kind of forgot that on the last video. But um, Rob, if you don't have anything to add, we can get into the first video or the first game. So I got the Seattle Seahawks versus the 49ers. I tend to start with the positions first, start with the quarterbacks, start with Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm a Vikings fan, as you know, we're from Minnesota. And so he started hot versus the Vikings. I thought, oh, this is going to be another ugly game. Our defense has been brewed. But somehow that Vikings defense tightened in the second half. I can't quite understand it, but they did. They had a big win there. Now he's playing the 49ers, getting up to six most points to quarterbacks. And Tyler Lockett did get hurt, okay, in his leg. Right now he's questionable. His availability obviously affects Wilson's value. But he's one of the game's greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's very, very good. Now, yes, it's concerning how the Vikings slowed him down. Yes, it makes people think about last year when he started really hot and cooled down somewhat. But I doubt you have a better top five quarterback in his place. So just start Russell Wilson. Uh, that's all you do in this game. Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, this guy's a stopgap until Lance is ready. I think that's clear to everybody. He can have weeks or even stretches where he plays well. You can see that at times. And he has really good weapons. In fact, I think he has great weapons at Debo Samuels, Brandon Ayuk, uh, George Kittle. But he's an average quarterback. If we're just being totally honest, that's all he is. Um, he's outside the top 16, and that's even the most generous rankings at this point. So unless you're a two-quarterback league, uh, or you want to use him as like a cheap daily uh, fantasy play, I would sit him this week. As far as running backs go, I want Chris Carson's. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we talked about this is a guy that is what I would call a workman type. He brings his lunch pail to, to work. He works hard. You know what you see is what you get. Um, he's solid and not great, um, and that's exactly what you get, and that's how we advertise him. He's a running back two start in this one. San Francisco gives up these six most points to backs. Now, those backs that have faced them and done somewhat well have not been elite. Uh, they faced Detroit and Philadelphia, and so this week he's a very safe running back play. Start Chris Carson as a running back, too, and don't overthink that one. Uh, San Francisco backs. Now, this is where it gets a little bit complicated here. Who's up next for them? Uh, it's a whole thing's a mess right there. They really need to bring in a veteran or somebody like that to really solidify that. Um, Eli Mitchell has been their best back, hands down, as far as effectiveness go, and he might return this week. He is questionable with a shoulder injury, so you need to monitor that. Trey Sermon filled in last week. He did have a touchdown, but he wasn't effective. 3.3 yards per carry. And if you remember back to week one, he was a healthy scratch. That tells you a little bit something where he's at, how the coach evaluates him. I think right now he's playing simply because they have no other options out there. Everybody's getting hurt carrying that ball. In fact, he got so bad last week that the second on the team with carries, okay, after Sermon, was their fullback. Mm -hmm. uh, that just tells you how bad they've gotten there. Um, so I would sit all backs in this offense, except for Eli Mitchell. If he plays, monitor his health. Um, be good start as a low end running back too in leagues that are 14 teams or larger, and he can be a flex play in leagues the same size. Uh, at the wide receiver position, Metcalf, uh, you know, Metcalf is like a he's a matchup nightmare, no matter who this guy's a beast, and so uh, he's a low end wide receiver one. Now, what I would say is he's a low end wide receiver one, very solid play, but if Lockett sits in this one, you could actually upgrade him to a high end wide receiver one. Uh, either way, you're going to start him in this matchup. Now, Lockett. Um, is a guy that I think is really underrated. He's grown through the years. Every year he keeps getting better and become he's become a very good wide receiver and really a favorite target of Russell Wilson. They trust they have great chemistry there. In fact, he's been getting better every year, and he started this year with the best start he's ever had. In fact, uh, last week he was banged up with an injury, but he's still on pace after over 100 yards per game. He's got three touchdowns in three games. Looks very good there. 
if he plays, he's a solid wide receiver too. Once again, monitor his injury status. Um, if he is a full goal, I would start. Now, if he's iffy, let's say he plays because in the game not 100%, they're not really sure, he's still worth a start, but I would downgrade him to wide receiver three. I don't know if that made any sense, but once if he's ready to go 100%, he's a wide receiver two. If he enters the game with still some question marks, downgrade to wide receiver three or flex play. As far as wide receivers go for San Francisco, let's talk about Samuels and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Brandon, don't forget, he looked really good last year. Former first-round pick. Now he missed some time with injury, and he's just increasingly getting back into this. He's seen more time in the field, more targets, and his role will continue to increase, and he'll become a more reliable starter. Um, but he's not there just yet. Here's what I'd say. If George Kittle can't go because he's questionable right now with a calf injury, um, I would start him as a wide receiver three. Otherwise, I would probably sit him one more week. I want to see just a larger role, more consistency in terms of targets. That's where I'm at with him. As far as Samuels, uh, this guy was good his rookie year. And uh, I think we forget because last year had injuries, a lot of issues, and you forget. But, man, his rookie year, he was very reminiscent of me watching Anquan Bolden. God, he's physically strong. He competes. He plays hard. I like him. I would start him as a wide receiver, too. As far as the tight ends go, let's talk about George Kittle. you got a monitor his injury, but right now Shannon thinks it's just a precautionary thing. It's soreness. They expect him to be a full goal. If he starts, you got to start him. He's too good to sit. In fact, not only do you need to start him, but I think San Francisco needs to feed him the ball more. I don't know if you watched last game. Did you have a chance to catch that game? No, not a whole lot of it. Just a, just a bit. So I watched the game here, and what I noticed is that, you know, he's getting a few catches here and there, but they don't really have an answer for him. And then late in the game, when they were driving to eventually take the lead, uh, not win the game, was when they scored that final touchdown. Man, he was key on a huge play that busts out a huge run, and I just wonder why they're not feeding him more. I think he needs to see the ball more. you got to play him. I would sit Will Disley and this sit all tight ends for Seattle. Uh, both kickers are decent starts, but not great. And I would sit both defenses in this game. All right, great breakdown. All right, up next, we got to break down the Cardinals at the Rams. Let's go Cardinals first and Kyler Murray. Seems like nobody can slow this guy down. He's averaging 330 yards a game, 3.3 touchdowns per game. He's phenomenal. That being said, this is probably the best defense he's faced this year in the Rams. Look at what they did to Tom Brady. Really slowed him down compared to, you know, what Brady had been doing in the previous weeks. But that being said, they're 14th, the Rams are. 14th fewest fantasy points allowed to QBs. They did play good against Tom Brady, but again, they also went up against Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz. They're clearly a good defense. I don't know if I'd call them elite. I guess we'll see this week, right? In a tough matchup, we'll see what happens. But I don't think anyone can slow down this Cardinals team, so I'm going to start Kyler Murray. Going on to the running back situation, you get kind of a confusing backfield there. James Conner scored two touchdowns last week, and much like with the Buffalo Bills and Zach Moss, people will be tempted to play him, but it's the exact same situation. The Cardinals last week went up against the Jaguars. They were up. They gave their backup running back some carries, and he got some touchdowns late. I don't think it means a whole lot, especially for a running back who's averaging just three and a half yards per carry. The running back in that offense is Chase Edmonds. He's averaging about 16 touches per game. Um, so for me, I would start Chase Edmonds as a flex play or maybe consider him to be a running back for just outside of your starting lineup. He hasn't been terribly productive, but it's really been a lack of touchdowns for me that seems to be the issue there. Um, Moving on to the wide receivers, of course, you're going to start DeAndre Hopkins. This is arguably the best matchup that the Ram, excuse me, that the Cardinals wide receivers have had, right? So not only do the Rams give up the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers, they've been a little vulnerable in that area, but the Rams are actually going to score points. They're actually going to put stuff up on the board and force the Cardinals to score. So of course, Hopkins is a must start, and so is Christian Kirk. He's currently 15th in wide receiver scoring, and also benefits from that matchup. 
It's funny. Uh, Christian Kirk reminds me of another guy, Mike Williams. Both guys who look to just be very average pedestrian wide receivers for the last couple of years. Suddenly, something clicked this year, and these guys are phenomenal at this point. So I think you got to play Christian Kirk. The guy you got to sit there is, of course, Rondell Moore. He looked great two games ago, but last game he saw two catches for one yard, reminding us that you know he's still the wide receiver on the, three on that team. Yeah. You're going to rub it in people's faces? And so on the uh, waiver wire video, I went on to say that I know some of you are going to hate me. Yes, he was our number one guy that week. We say he's got a great potential and a future in the league, but we said don't overreact to this guy. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people didn't believe it, but I think what you're going to see, he's still going to have big games, but he's going to be up and down, up and down, a guy that you can't trust. Um, people are so quick to want to wanna, like beat us down, but uh, we're the haters and we're right on these ones, but go ahead. Yeah, no. People are just mean. I think your feelings are hurt. No. <laughs> um, that's the thing. As far as he's a young guy, he's going to have a great career. I think he's going to be an awesome wide receiver, but at this point, the fantasy value is not there consistently enough. I would bench him. As far as their tight end goes, Max Williams, people probably started him last week and were disappointed. He's been confusing. Week one, he had zero receiving yards. Week two, he had 94. He looked awesome. Then last week, he had just 19 (laughs) yards. Ultimately, for me, I don't think he's a guy I'm going to be starting. Maybe if you're really desperate, he could come in in that, you know, 12 to 14 range in deep leagues. But I'm going to say sit him for the most part. As far as Matt Prater goes, you got to start him. This offense is super effective, and he's been taking advantage of it. And then, of course, I'm going to sit the Cardinals defense. The Rams are giving up the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. So, you know, from a team that's already not a phenomenal defense to be in a tough matchup, I'm going to avoid that. Uh, but that's the Cardinals. Let's, of course, take a minute to just look at the Rams and Matthew Stafford. How do you not play this guy as well? This is a perfect matchup for him. The Cardinals are going to put up some points. The Rams are going to have to put up some points as well, and Stafford's proven he can do that. He's averaging 314 yards and three touchdowns a game. He is looking phenomenal. Now, the Cardinals are giving up the 12th fewest fantasy points to QBs, but again, we're early in the season, so that metric can be very skewed. Who have they gone against? A week one Tennessee Titans that couldn't run the ball. They were a mess. They look so much better now. Week three, they played Trevor Lawrence. That's a pretty easy win. You should be stopping that Jaguars offense. And then in week two, they went up against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, and Cousins threw three TDs. So for me, I'm going to play Matthew Stafford. I think that 12th fewest stat is a little bit skewed. Uh, Taking a look at the running backs, moving on from that, Daryl Henderson. Now, he missed the last couple weeks with the injured ribs. If he plays, he may not be at full capacity. However, you know, it is tempting to put him in your lineup if he's healthy and in that game. He had back-to-back touchdowns in the two games that he played. Do you, do you want to address anything to that injury before I move on? Yeah, so to be honest, they are winning games, they are playing good, and they're getting by. I'm expecting that the Rams will not be playing Daryl Henderson this week. But if they do, it's really a question of, you know, was he doubtful and then suddenly he played at the last second? If that happens, you know, maybe you look for another running back option. But if they say tomorrow or whatever and he's got a few days that they already expected him to be playing and stuff like that, yeah, then you probably put him in your lineup, but that's really going to depend on stuff we just don't know right now. If he sits, you got to play Sony Michelle. He had 24 touches for 79 yards last week. That's a bad 3.4 yards per carry, and he didn't score. He didn't look phenomenal. Um, but again, if he's the really the running back in that offense, because who is their next best guy? Jake Funk. He got one carry. So like in volume alone, you have to put him out there. He's going to see red zone touches, and that should produce touchdowns this week. But for me, I would say in that he is a RB2 or flex play for sure. You would probably say in standards, 
different in PPR leagues, obviously. We yes. kind of said that last week when it comes to him. He's a guy that I think is an okay standard play. As far as PPR goes, he's, he, there's probably better options out there. But. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of those, no, you're scoring things. He's just not going to do anything for you in the passing game. And that's going to be a big problem. As far as the wide receivers go, you have to start Cooper Cup. You'd be stupid not to. He's first in wide receiver scoring. He's got five touchdowns, and he goes against the Cardinals, who've given up the seventh most fantasy points to receivers. They've given up four receiving touchdowns to wideouts in the last two weeks. I mean, that is a match made in heaven. Cooper Cup should have another phenomenal week. What about Robert Woods, though? He has really been a disappointment this year and has continued through all three games. He averaged just 41 yards over the first three games, but this is a good matchup. What do you make of that, Rob? Because I'm going to say my opinion. Personally, I think you play Robert Woods as a low-end wide receiver three and understand that this should be a high-scoring game. Yeah, you know, I think so. I mean, right now, he's got to be the number two guy. It's concerning that his production is not there, but they have relied on him strongly in the past. And uh, I think, you know, Deshaun Jackson, the end of his career, uh, you know, they don't have a running back that's great out of the backfield as far as catching the ball goes. I do think his numbers are going to go up. Um, obviously, if you've got strong wide receivers and you can afford to sit a guy like that until he begins to trend upward, that's better. But I do think he's going to come around. Here's the funny thing about that. Um, go check out our trade targets video because we were actually talking in that video. I didn't do the research, but Connor found something interesting that I thought was fascinating. Uh, Robert Woods has really started slow this season. And then the last two seasons, he finished in the top 15 both years. The funny thing with that is that this is the fastest start in the last three years that he's had. He's actually better statistically to start the year than he was in previous years when he finished really high. So I don't know like what to make of that, but that's definitely something to consider that like some of those guys, they do that. Is I don't know if that's, it's weird. It feels hard to predict. It almost doesn't make sense, but. Yeah, you always think Cooper Cup's strong start means he'll get extra attention from defensive backs, corners, safety, things like that. And that of course means that there'll be more opportunities for Woods. I mean, that's going to have to be that. Yeah. As far as the other wideouts, Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson have both had one good game apiece. Neither of those guys are trustworthy or reliable and will most likely only see a catch or two in each game. So I'm going to sit them. You, of course, you got to start Tyler Higby. He's had two good games, one game not so good. But, you know, of the tight ends, he has been very productive. Should be another phenomenal week for him. I expect to see him see maybe six to eight targets this week. As far as the why, or excuse me, as far as their kicker goes, Matt Gay, I would start him and I would sit the Rams defense versus the Cards this week. I've got the Steelers versus the Packers. Talk about quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. He is struggling right now. Obviously, that offensive line is still developing. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson are questionable. I would sit him. Another thing that's going on there that I don't quite understand is that the play calling. There's some criticism coming out that the play calling is not playing into Ben's strength. So all those things make you sit him at this point. I do believe they'll make adjustments. Those wide receivers will get healthy. You know, he is older, but he's still a very talented quarterback. I think he will have some better days, but right now is not that day. I would sit him. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He's back, you know, after one bad week. The guy looks just fine, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's funny how people are quick to give up on him. Now playing Pittsburgh, him with the 10th most points. The quarterback start him. Now going to the running back position, we're talking about Najee Harris. A talented, gifted stud, but he is limited in this struggling offense. Consider just running the ball. His best game so far this year had the high water mark of 45 rushing yards, and he's got, for the year, 3.1 yards per carry. Not run the ball well. I think that's more the offensive line than him. So in standard leagues, he carries risks. He just does if you're in a standard league. But in PPR leagues, he's a very strong start. He's had 20 catches in the last three games. He's got high volume, especially with the injuries to wide receivers. And when Beth Roethlisberger has been throwing a lot of what I would call low-risk uh, short throws like that, he's going to continue to be fed. So in standards, um, I would call him a low running back two. Um, but I would say in PPR leagues, he could be started as a running back one. 
Aaron Jones is a guy that I think is one of the most underrated running backs in the league. 5.1 yards per carry in his career. He's using the pass game. Five touchdowns last two games. Started him as a running back one. A great play there. As far as Devonta Adams go, this is another one that's a no-brainer to start Devonta Adams. Don't even think about it. He's a great play. Let's go to the wide receivers for Pittsburgh. Start with Juju Smith-Schuster. you got to sit this guy between injury concerns, distribution problems with three quality receivers, and the ineffectiveness from Ben Roethlisberger at this point. Go ahead and sit him. Now, Deontay Johnson, uh, he was limited practice Wednesday, uh, so it looks like he could play, and they definitely need him to play at this point. In the first two games, he had 22 cards of 14 catches, so he's getting targeted a lot. 22 in two games is pretty good, 11 per game. Mm-hmm. And Ben Roethlisberger likes to look his way quite often. And so uh, what I would do is I would sit him in standard leagues until things improve, but he can be started in PPR leagues as a wide receiver three or a flex play. And then Chase Claypool. Uh, I like this guy, but he's another one that uh, he, he, he's a risky play in standards especially since the Packers are good against the pass. But he had a nice game last week, but that was due to volume. So here's what you have to factor in. His value really depends on the other guys. If Juju Smith-Schuster and Johnson plays, I would sit Chase in this game. Uh, but if they both sit, Juju and Deontay Johnson, I would start him as a wide receiver two in PPR leagues. Now, if Juju sits, which I think is what's going to happen, I think Deontay Johnson will play and Juju Smith-Schuster will sit. If that's the case, I would play Chase as a wide receiver three or flex in PPRs. Let's go to... Tight ends, Patrick Frymouth. Anything you want to add to that there? No, nothing to add to that. Maybe just something you kind of moved past it early, but Najee Harris, what is he on pace for, 113 catches on the year? I mean, running backs typically get better after their first couple years at catching the ball. We've even seen that with Derrick Henry and some guys, but uh, I'm just really excited to see what he can do with his career, but that offensive line's the problem right now. It is. You saw how bad it was last game. You saw it was late in the game. They're probably not going to win. They're down to, like, I don't know, was it 37 seconds in the game? Uh, They had, uh, like... You know, it was like 4th and 10 from like, I don't know, whatever, the 18-yard line, something like that. But anyways, um, they got 10 yards to go on 4th down, and they check the ball down to Najee Harris at the line of scrimmage, you know, and he gets tackled for like a 2-yard gain. I mean, it just shows you where that offense is at right now. Yeah. So let's talk about tight ends. I'll talk about uh, Pat Frymouth, and uh, I think his role is growing. I think he's going to become a viable option soon, but it's not there yet, so sit him. As far as Patrick Tanya goes, or Robert Tanya. I would sit him in PPR leagues. He's a what I call touchdown dependent at this point. So in standard leagues, um, I would sit him if you're in 14-team leagues or smaller. But if it's 16 or larger, I think he can be played in standard leagues only, Robert Tanyan. So any thoughts on the tight ends there? No, nothing to add. Okay. Uh, I do like the, uh, you know, Patrick, uh, the tight, the rookie tight end for Pittsburgh. I think he's going to have a good future. I think they're going to see a lot of things happening from by the end of the year. He'll become a viable start. How do you feel about him? Yeah, no, it's definitely going to take a few weeks, and that's really what it comes down to. It's one of those positions. There's a development time at tight end. He's clearly speeding that up with his production. They're giving him the ball more and more. Um, it might just be five weeks till I have more trust in him to be starting him consistently. Yeah. Uh, as far as kickers go, I'd sit Boswell, start Crosby. I would start Green Bay's defense, and I would sit Pittsburgh's defense in this one. All right, let's break it down. Ravens versus Broncos. And let's go Broncos first and Teddy Bridgewater. First of all, we've all seen the stat out there. They're 3-0, and but their opponents are 0-9. Um, that is interesting. We get to see now, like, okay, they're going against the Ravens. This is a team that's, you know, far from, like, the best in the NFL, but they're much better. This is the best team that the Broncos has faced, so it'll be a fun little challenge for them. The Ravens give up the 16th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. That's ultimately just middle of the road. But what needs to be said is they've played Derek Carr and Pat Mahomes. So for them to do that says they are a good defense. I'm going to sit Teddy Bridgewater this week. I don't think it's going to be a good week for him. 
As far as the running backs go, uh, Javonta Williams scored his first NFL touchdown last week, so congratulations, good to him. But he's still behind Melvin Gordon. He's 37th in running back scoring. I'm, you know what? I don't think I'm going to play him this week. I'm going to bench him for Melvin Gordon, who he looks great. He's currently 14th in running back scoring, and he's going to go up against a Ravens team. Now, this is what's interesting about the Ravens. They are ninth in rushing yards allowed per game. So they're not allowing a lot of rushing yards, but they've allowed six touchdowns in three games. That's third worst in the NFL. So I don't know what that comes down to, but you can play Melvin Gordon. Um, Hopefully he'll get those touchdowns. I think he will be a little touchdown dependent for sure. So if that doesn't come, could be a bit of a bust week there. Understand that for me, I'm going to call him a mid to low end running back too. As far as the wide receivers go, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler are out on the IR. This means a lot of things. One, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick are going to have a lot of added value. Two, we already talked about Bridgewater. That's another reason to avoid playing him. But Sutton's going to be you're going to hopefully be looking at a pretty good week this week. In week two, he broke out 12 targets, nine catches, and 159 yards. So last week, we really were wondering, like, is this going to show that he's legit? He had five catches for 37 yards. And that doesn't seem very good, but considering they won 26 to nothing versus the Jets, did you really expect to see him get more than five catches? No. In fact, he caught all five of his targets. I think that was a fairly good performance, and this should be a much better week for him. I think he is a must-start. I would call him a wide receiver, two in PPR leagues, and maybe a more low-end wide receiver, two or high-end receiver, three if it's a standard. Uh, Tim Patrick, he's currently 31st in wide receiver scoring. He's averaging about four catches for 60 yards, and he does have two touchdowns on the year. I'm not huge about him, but if you're in a deep league, he can be played. This is 14 teams with three wide receivers you need to start or a flex play. That's the kind of situation you can play him in. But for the most part, I'm going to call him a wide receiver four and put him on my bench. You should play Noah Fant this week. Last week was a bad week, two catches for 15 yards. But again, you win 26-0 versus the Jets. That's just a volume problem for their tight end. The Ravens do give up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends, so that's great. But the number's a little bit skewed. They've gone against Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, and TJ Hawkinson. So, you know, not really sure what to make of that. This will maybe let us see what they're able to do against a more middle-of-the-road tight end in in Noah Fant, who's certainly above average, but he's not at the level of those guys. And then as far as their kicker, you got to start Brandon McManus. He is currently number two in fantasy scoring among kickers. And then Denver's defense, they're the number two scoring defense. They got eight sacks, six turnovers. They're allowing just 8.6 points per game. And they go against the the Ravens, who've given up the ninth most fantasy points to defenses. And they've given up the ninth most to the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Lions. None of those three teams have good defenses. I'm actually going to play Denver's defense this week. Um, I, I think they could have a good fantasy week versus the Ravens. Speaking about the Ravens, let's talk about it. Lamar Jackson, he's having a really good year this year. He is currently fourth in quarterback scoring with the highest passing yards per game and yards per play of his career. In fact, he's averaging like 250 passing yards a game, which I think through his first two years, he only had like one or two of those games. So good for him. He's playing much better. He's also fourth in rushing yards and he has the most carries of 20 plus yards. Um, So Lamar Jackson is a must-start, no matter the matchup, no matter the situation. The Broncos do give up the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, but that was to Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson. He is far better than any of those guys, and he should be just fine this week. Might be some turnovers there from that offense, but we're not too worried about turnovers. I think that'll just mean more volume. Yeah, you do have to monitor his injury status. I'll be mispracticed, I think, the last two games or last two practices, so I'll have to monitor that, but... uh, 
that, of course, is with him playing. Yeah, of course. So I just mentioned, actually, we'll move on to the running backs, but I just mentioned Lamar had the most carries of 20-plus yards. Do you know who's number two? Tyson Williams. So they got the number one and number two. They are very explosive. Back yeah, field. maybe I'll talk that in a little bit there. That one confused me a little bit because he's looked really good running the ball, <sighs> and I can't understand what happened last game. So please make sense of that for all of us, okay? I don't understand it. He's averaging 6.1 yards per carry. He looks insane. Why are you giving more carries last game to Latavius Murray? That being said, Latavius Murray only had seven carries for 28 yards. He didn't look that phenomenal. So really, do you want, like, you're asking me to give you the answer. I don't think anyone has the answer. Do the Ravens even have the answer? I think it's got to come down to pass protection. That's huge for rookies. Often they can run the ball great. They're young, powerful, quick, but understanding pass protection. And he did blow a couple, you know, assignments yeah. in pass protection. They want to protect the quarterback. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what's going on. A guy like, you know, Latavius Murray's not run the ball nearly as well, but he's been around for a while. He's a veteran, knows mm-hmm. exactly what he needs to know where he needs to be on the field. And that's probably yeah. what's holding him back, I'm guessing. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. There's a few things to handle there. One, he will learn it, he will get better. Two, with a rookie, and you know, especially the young guys, you kind of want to do those things like, hey, we're going to keep you out until you learn that just to teach them and force them to grow. But three, I think that issue of pass protection is exacerbated on that Ravens offense because you know why? With Lamar out there, you've already got your running back. Like, it, you know what I mean? Whoever that running back is, he's almost just as valuable blocking. So you might, you know what I mean? You don't need the better runner out there in that situation. But he'll get it down. I think by the end of the season, we'll see he is the clear number one back. I think another thing that's hurt him too is that in the preseason, he wasn't considered even a, a, the second string or third string running back. And so he didn't get a lot of those, you know, practice carries and touches and time on the field that he's now playing catch up on. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to the wide receivers, you got to play Marquez Brown. He's currently the wide receiver 14 in PPR scoring. He scored in two out of the three games. Now, again, Broncos give up the 10th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. I've already mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it for like the fifth time. Broncos did that against bad offenses. That just, I don't really trust that stat. I think that Marquez Brown's going to be just fine. But the biggest thing that's holding him back right now is his hands. Last game, he dropped three clear touchdowns. I'm not talking about like, you know, it'll be a nice, but I'm talking about like a wide open in his hands, boom, a couple of some long touchdowns. I don't know if you see it. It was, it was brutal. I did see it. Although what was confusing was I checked the stat book and they had only recorded two drops. So I don't know. Was there a third one? Because I thought there was a third. There was two long one and one in the end zone. The one in the end zone I thought was very catchable too. Now that one, the defensive back was closer to him and his hand was there, but uh, he didn't hit him. He just a clear drop off his hand. So um, uh, obviously you got the home field advantage on the scorekeeping there. Yeah, of course. But we take a look at Sammy Watkins. Um, again, despite the drops, I'm, I'm feeling just fine. I'm going to play Marcus. you got to play him. He's the number one guy there. He's very talented. And so, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I clarified that. I was going to move on, but I yeah, wanted to kind of just put that out there. Um, looking at Sammy Watkins, he's a guy who's averaging four catches for 70 yards. He scored no touchdowns and is currently 45th in wide receiver scoring. Um, he can be played in deep leagues or if you're desperate for wideout this week, but I'd really, I'd consider him a wide receiver for at this point. He has throughout his entire career proven that he just can't find the end zone. Touchdowns are king. And for whatever reason, he really struggles get into those tight situations and he just doesn't get open. He doesn't make the catches. Um, we go back to last year. He had those three touchdowns to start the year with the Chiefs, and then he didn't score after that. And all of those touchdowns were those deep burning touchdowns, and none of them were, you know, consistent goal line targets or red zone targets. Of course, as far as Mark Andrews go, what do you make of this guy? He finally has a bounce back game, seven targets, five catches, and 109 yards. Is he back? Is he, you know, a really stud, reliable tight end? No. 
but you should probably play him anyways because I don't know if you have a better option than him. Perhaps you drafted Gronkowski with Mark Andrews as I did, and then you do, but most people didn't do that. Most people didn't listen to my advice on Gronk this year. Are you trying to brag on yourself there? I am like trying to brag on myself. It's okay. I can do it every once in a while. Um, so Mark Andrews is a guy you should play unless you have one of those other top options. Um, moving on, Justin Tucker. How do you not play this guy? Not only does he have the longest field goal of all time, but he also has the highest field goal percentage ever. He is the greatest kicker of all time. He is a must start. And finally, for the Ravens defense, I'm going to sit them. They're averaging like three fantasy points a game so far this year. So ultimately, that's the breakdown. Not going to play their defense at this point. It's just pretty straightforward. They're not a bad defense. They are, however, a bad fantasy defense. But uh, that's my roundup for the game. I got nothing else to add unless you want to say anything. My final game for today is the Buccaneers versus the Patriots. This will be a fun game to watch. At least that's what my notes said. Because I thought about it more. It's probably not going to be nearly as fun to watch. I think it'll be lopsided. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, though, leading up to it as he returns to you know New England. It should be a lot of fun there as they reminisce and talk about the GOAT and him being gone and what he did for our organization. Now let's break down Tom Brady specifically to look at the quarterbacks. He'll get Antonio Brown back this week. That's a huge boost. He's such a good wide receiver. It's hard to believe that you have a future, you know, probably future Hall of Famer as your third wide receiver. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, Gronkowski is questionable, so you have to monitor that there. But still, the GOAT, which is, you know, Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. Can we just say it? Would you agree with that? No, that's absolute. There's quarterback of all time. He's the greatest player of all time. And there's just there's no arguing it statistically. But. Yeah, he's phenomenal. So uh, he's averaging 35 fantasy points per game. Um so you need to start him. Now, the Patriots' defense is good. They're on the six fewest points to quarterback, so their defense is solid. But that was against Zach Wilson, Tua, and Winston. So just start Tom Brady in this one. Even if that was against good quarterbacks, you would still play him. Uh, Sid Mac Jones. Obviously, defense will figure some things out. That guy is struggling. Now, we'll go to the running back situation. We'll talk about Leonard Fournette. You got Jones. You got uh, Bernard there. Who do you start for Tampa Bay? Um, I can't trust any of those guys. I think there needs to be an injury to one of those guys. Something needs to happen to shift that whole situation. Um, unless somebody really takes a stranglehold on that job. And the guy that could have probably done it is Leonard, Leonard Fournette. He's mm-hmm. a guy that I think could do. He's got good hands. He does batch protection well. But right now, he's not efficient running the ball. And that's kind of holding him back. And so I would sit all three running backs right now. Of the, As far as being a pure runner goes, I think Jones is the best guy there. But he's struggled with pass protection. We just talked about that last group. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And that's something I think we're getting used to. And we've been mentioning it more and more over the last couple of years Ten years ago, if you could run, you were out there. They didn't care if you could block. Teams are passing 60%, 70% of the time. You're, you need to be a, like a blocker or you need to be an offensive lineman. Like, that's just more important now. We even see what they're doing. Look how phenomenal George Kittle is. Half the time he's blocking for them. Yeah. It's crazy, um, but blocking is important. I guess, yeah. Maybe not so much for fantasy, but for football. That's right. But So anyways, yeah, I would set all three running backs. So look at Damian Harris running back for New England. Uh, he's actually a good running back. But I think what's happening now is you go back to week one, he looks so good. But the approach when you play the Patriots has become very clear. Shut down the run, give it extra attention, and force Mac Jones to beat you with his arm. And that has led to decreased production for Harris. Now you got Whites out for the year. That leaves Bolden as kind of their pass catching back. Uh, when I look at the back situation, I would sit all those backs right now. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that's kind of where I'd approach the New England thing. I don't trust any of them. No, yeah, 100%. I'm just going to avoid it. It really comes down to they may not be bad running backs, but it's a bad offense. That's really all you need to do is just avoid it if you don't feel like they're going to find the end zone. Yeah, and that flows right into wide receivers. I would set all Patriots wide receivers also for that same reason. Now, going to the wide receivers for Tampa Bay, you got Godwin and Evans. These guys are stud wide receiver one talents. They're so good, 
problem with it is, is that based on target distribution, because you have Gronkowski and Brown there, that they are downgraded to wide receiver two. That's just where those guys are at. They are phenomenal, but you just don't get the volume there. But you do start them every week as wide receiver two start there. Now, as far as Brown goes, he's a wide receiver three or flex if Gronkowski misses time. If not, he's probably more of a wide receiver four that you could start as a wide receiver three in 16-team leagues or larger uh, simply due to volume. Gronkowski, if he starts play the guy, he looks like he's the old Gronk. He's looking good. Uh, looks great there. I would sit the Pat, uh, the Patriots tight ends. I think eventually those guys will develop. As Mac Jones develop, I think they'll lean heavily on the tight ends, but they're not there yet. Uh, Folks having a good year, they're kicker, but I would yeah. sit him in this game um, because field goals are not going to cut it. Okay, yeah. they're not going to. They're going to be going to extra points, playing from behind. I would sit him. Uh, Suckup is a good kicker, but he's only attempted three field goals in three games, so I would sit him also. It's hard to, to get a lot of points off of extra points. And then uh, I would start Tampa Bay's defense, and I would sit the Patriots defense in this one. So for me, that was kind of an easy breakdown. I don't know how you feel, but that's what I've got. Yeah, you know, I think it's pretty straightforward, pretty easy breakdown. There's maybe one player I'd consider starting. I probably wouldn't, but if you're in a deep league, like 14 to 16 teams, I would maybe play like Jacoby Myers. He's shown some huge upside um, and in a volume. But but again, that's that's really an exception. I still wouldn't consider him a wide receiver three. I'd call him a wide receiver four with some upside. Yeah, I think early in the year I had more. I felt a lot better about him as a play. The one concern I have is Mac Jones. Um, and I, I think you'll figure it out. I do. But right mm-hmm. now he's actually playing worse as the games are going on. I think early on they played it close to the vest. The teams are close. He didn't have to throw a lot. But now he's being exposed in a game like this. Um, where he's going to have to throw the ball and defenses can pin back their years. So right now the Tampa Bay's defense hasn't looked great. The pass rush, you know, um, White and some of those other guys have been uh, looking nearly as dominant as they were last year. But I think this is a game that a defense looks dominant. Yeah, for sure. I love that breakdown. Really solid and really straightforward. All right, so now we got to break down the Raiders at the Chargers. And you know what? This is like two completely opposite teams. We have got one of the best uh, pass defenses versus one of the best passing offenses, it's going to be phenomenal to watch. So here, here's the breakdown. Let's start with Derek Carr. He's averaging 401 yards a game. But there's some more things to note there. He's actually ninth in quarterback scoring, which is way lower than you'd think considering the yards. And that comes down to the fact that he's averaging two touchdowns a game. And two, you know, a two-touchdown game isn't horrible. It's not bad. But let's be honest. If you're starting your quarterback, you're really hoping for three. Maybe he does it on the ground or whatever it may be. But so he's been pretty, ultimately, he's been good, but not great despite the yards. Now he's going to get challenged. The Chargers are giving up the seventh fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. And in two of their games, one was against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, and the other was Pat Mahomes. Like, this is a really good pass defense. I think you should sit Derek Carr this week. What do you think about that? Yeah, I feel like you got something you're looking over there. I don't know. Well, you know, I think yeah, we talk about uh, you got to put your emotions aside. If you want to be good at fantasy football, you got to look at the numbers, you know. And I think that's going to be hard for a lot of people to do. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to struggle with it, mm-hmm. especially, you know, if Josh Jacobs comes back. I think they like to run the ball. Yeah. Um, he's playing really well right now. I struggle with sitting him. But I do think if you look at his history, where he's at and what you said, all the numbers indicate yeah, you probably should sit him. Yeah. Now, once again, I agree with that breakdown, mm-hmm. but it always comes back to what you got. I mean, if you're in a team where you got nobody out there and your best quarterback to pick up is, I don't know, um, uh, Jets quarterback, then yeah, you might want to go David Carr, but yeah. uh, Derek Carr, I should say. Derek Carr, yeah. So you can go him, especially in a deep league, right? If it's a 16-team league, like, you, you just play him. This but is a numbers game. This is a numbers again. game. That's all it is. Look at the numbers. Forget your feelings towards it. I think Derek Carr's having a good year. He won the uh, awesome player of the month. He's played so well. But, yeah, I think mm-hmm. he might struggle in this one. Moving on to the running backs, let's talk about Josh Jacob. Now, he is currently questionable. He has missed the last two games with that ankle injury. 
If there were ever a time for him to be healthy, it'd be in this matchup. The Chargers' run defense is horrible, especially compared to their pass defense. They are giving up ninth most fantasy points to running backs, but really they haven't given up that many touchdowns because they've given up a league worst 170 rushing yards a game on 5.8 yards per carry. It's terrible. If Josh Jacobs is healthy, and I don't mean playing, I mean like two days early where you know he's truly healthy in this game, you got to play him. I don't think that's going to happen though. They're winning games without him. You feel like they're going to sit him out another week? Yeah, yeah, I look at the injury report today, and right now I think it's trending towards him sitting. Yeah. Um, they're, they're playing for the whole year. They're playing for the playoffs, and I think you know right now they've got a great start. Why risk re-injuring that ankle if you can sit him one more week and use some of the other guys around the ball, which they have been somewhat effective? Yeah, yeah I think that's what you're going to do. Yeah, so Kenyon Drake has really proven that he is just not getting the job done. He's a sit for me. The back to play if Jacobs is out is Peyton Barber. 23 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown last game. He is going to have a good week this week if Jacobs is out. That being said, he's not a long-term option. One, Jacobs will come back, and two, this is largely based off of matchup. That was his first 100-yard rushing game since 2018, and he has a career yards per carry of just 3.5. So you have to remember that it really comes down to, like, this is a good game for him, but a couple weeks from now, he won't be a running back that you can be starting. So you really want to understand that this is the week to put him in your lineup. As far as the wide receivers go, Ruggs, Edwards, and Renfro, I'm going to sit all of them. Again, I started to do some breakdown of, like, these guys and, and looked at like, okay, uh, Hunter Renfro is your safe option. He's going to get you five to six catches for 70-ish yards. But then you know what? what? This matchup is so difficult for them. I think I'm just going to go running from all three of those receivers. The Chargers have given up the second fewest fantasy points to wideouts. And here's the receivers they've faced. Terry McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Tyreek Hill. And they are the second best at shutting down wideouts. That's concerning. They are going to have a great defensive week this week i'm avoiding all those wideouts you got to start darren waller though he's the one guy who's probably going to capitalize on this matchup the chargers give up the sixth most he's third in fantasy points among tight ends you didn't even need that breakdown you already know to start darren waller and if you didn't i don't know what to tell you as far as the kicker goes daniel carlson he's a must start he's number one in fantasy scoring amongst kickers must play him absolutely must play him and then i'm going to sit the raiders defense a pretty straightforward their defense just not fantasy value there. That's really it. Uh, so that's the uh, that's the Raiders side. Moving on to the Chargers side and Justin Herbert. Now the Raiders give up the fifteenth most fantasy points to opposing QBs. I'm going to play Justin Herbert this week. So again, fifteenth. That means they're really middle of the road. But the quarterbacks they faced is Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger, and Jacoby Brissett. Brissett awful. Roethlisberger has been really awful, really out of sorts this year. And Lamar is good. But he's, he, you know, he's not Tom Brady. He doesn't have the weapons of Dak Prescott. Like, he is above average, but he's not great. So I think it's a good week for Justin Herbert. I'd play him. More importantly, I'd play him because I love his wide receivers. I'm just going to skip the running backs. We'll come back to him in a second. Mike Williams is second in fantasy scoring. Uh, Keenan Allen is 13th in wide receiver scoring. Allen has either recorded a touchdown or 100 receiving yards every game. Mike Williams is already caught four TDs. He's averaging almost 100 yards. Like, how do you not play both those guys? They've been phenomenal, and it should be a good matchup for them. As far as the running back, Austin Eckler goes. I actually like Austin Eckler. He's fifth in running back points in PPR scoring. He is a RB1 in PPR, and for standards, I'd call him a high-end RB2. And Versus the Raiders, um, I would definitely play him. Now, the Raiders are pretty middle of the road against running backs, but since the Raiders have scored 30 points a game, running backs have just been game-scripted out of it. 
I think, and again, I'm making a prediction about this game as a whole, but I think the Chargers defense is going to give them more trouble than they have seen all year. I think they're going to lower the score, and that means that the Chargers are going to be able to run the ball against the Raiders more than other teams have been able to. So this should be a good week for Austin Eckler. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a stud performance from him that maybe can get some confidence back, because I know a lot of people are really shaken on how he's what he's kind of done so far this year. Moving on, I'm going to sit Jared Cook. There's just not a lot of volume there. I'm going to sit their kicker, Tristan Viscano, and I'm going to sit the Chargers defense as well. As much as I think they're going to have, you know, that Chargers defense, as much as I think they're going to have a good week, and as I think they're going to slow down the Raiders, do you really see Derek Carr throwing a bunch of picks and fumbles and turnovers and touchdowns? Like, no, that's not going to happen. So that's my breakdown for that game again. It was a pretty... That game really depends on the whole concept. All of my prediction there depending on the fact that I'm expecting the Chargers defense is going to fare just fine. Yeah, there's so many things that we can factor. And we talk about contextualizing this information for your league, scoring system side, availability, bench size, whatever. That's why questions and comments are so important because then we can dial into specifically what your league and your questions are. So please leave a comment. We'd love to answer it. Well, that's our breakdown for the video, guys. Like he said, please leave a comment on the video. Like, share, subscribe, do all of that because it supports us. And the better this video does, the more motivated we are to do a better job every single week. But as always, guys, you have a great day and God bless.